Hola, 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 hola. Como estas? What is up, everybody? Adam Lefko here. Gracias, Muy bien. Y tú, y usted. Because I respect you. Hell. I, I don't that's, uh, Two I, is informal. Usted is formal. Can we start hola, this podcast Adam. over? No. Why? This is terrible. <laughs> You're already feeling it? <laughs> this is awful. No, I think that was fine. I think that was All right, great. great. Carry on. Great. Josh is already like, Josh oh my is already gosh. making notes that he's going to have You're to not edit. allowed to speak Spanish no. on a podcast. <laughs> it is episode 133. Uh, of course, you know Big Phil's coming back in. Sims legitimately I don't want to sit in the middle. Josh is in the middle just so he can beat him up. It's 133. Josh, do you have any 33s oh, for Oh, I do happen to have a 33. You guys might remember him from the Rutgers-Illinois Big Ten basketball game this past season. He happened to hit a buzzer-beating three-point uh, shot to take down the Fighting Illini. His name is Deshaun Freeman. Oh, he is course. a senior this year at Rutgers. But, Adam, you know today is a special day. Do I? Today is not about the number 33. No? It is about the number 35. I don't know what Because tonight is the premiere of season 35 of Survivor. Oh, Which I means know. next week, Woo-hoo! we are back to the Survivor recap segments. Chris, I know those are your favorites. <laughs> I'm going to hit you now. So we'll bring that back next week. So just keep an where, eye out for Where that. is Survivor? It's a, is it 133 or 34? It's 133. Okay, good. Last week was 32. Uh, where is Survivor? I think it's in Fiji. And the theme is Heroes, Healers, and Hustlers. So I had my uh, fantasy survivor draft last night. Okay, I'll, I'll be revealing awesome. who I have next week. I don't know. Am I done? Should yeah, I keep that, going? No, that was good. Okay, I've good. tuned you out. All right, 33, Sims. Who do you got? 33, gosh. Magic Johnson in nope. college. Okay. Yes, I'm right. Larry Bird. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Shaquille O'Neal. Never heard of him. No, Shaquille O'Neal was 32. No, he wore 33 at some point. I think no, he might he have been in college. No, no, 33? Okay, no. fine. All right, I'm going to keep going now. Roger Craig, Tony Dorsett. Yep, yep. Um, Jamal Adams right now uh, in yep. the NFL. Uh, his father, George Adams, 33. Good for you. Uh, let me just think if there's any other good ones. I know I'm missing a lot because 33 is a popular one. Are you sure Shaquille O'Neal didn't wear 33 at LSU? Ha! At LSU. <laughs> I didn't look at college. Bam! All right, so current running backs, uh, it's an okay group. Kerwin Williams, Robert Turbin, Chris Ivory, Dalvin Cook, Deion Lewis, DeAndre Washington. Defensive backs, Colt Anderson, Chidobia Woozy, Trey Boston, Jamal Adams, as you said. Your other guy, Richard Robinson. Mm. And then my favorite name in the NFL, I think, is Breedy Ray Wilson. Or Bleedy Ray Wilson. Bleedy Ray Wilson. Yep. Uh, all right, so in terms of all time, there are three great names. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, not only in basketball, but the running back for Miami, oh, also yeah. wore third. Right, right. And then in the 60s, there was a running back named Cannonball Butler and then a running back named Billy Cannon. And I just thought that was funny. The the all-time worker backs, Keith Harmon, Dominique Rhodes, Michael the Burner Turner, and Gary Brown, the running back. Uh, some defensive backs all-time, Tyvon Branch, Michael Griffin, your guy, yep. and Charles Tillman. Three really good fullbacks, William Henderson, Greg Jones, who was a running back fullback. Florida State YouTube Greg Jones, Florida 
State, and he just killed people. And Merrill Hodge, the factor back, Ooh. a seal here, a seal there, a lane here. And then the three best, you named two of them, Roger Craig, Tony Dorsett, and I would put Kevin Falk above the rest there. NBA, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Antonio Davis, Patrick Ewing, Mark Gasol, Grant Hill, Alonzo Mourning, Scottie Pippen, Damn. and then Robert Damn. Covington of your current Philadelphia 76ers, and then my dad's pro player comparison. My dad. Hersey Hawkins <laughs> wore number 33. Chocolate Thunder. No, that's not who that uh, was. That was, uh, was Daryl Dawkins. Dawkins. <laughs> Close. Um Quick question for you. Two guys returned from suspension this week. Vontez Perfect and Ooh, Willie Sneed. Right. Which one matters more? Uh, the Willie Sneed. Really? I, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, Perfect's really good. The Bengals' defense is really good. One, you know, I, I can't overstate that enough. It's a really good unit. They don't have a lot of help in their offense. No, Willie Sneed is what the Saints have been missing. The, the first two weeks, it was huge blows to them. There's nobody that scares you down the field. Teddy Ginn, to a degree, but he's really not an every-down receiver, so they can't always put him on the field. Willie Sneed's their best receiver, period, for my money. Over Michael Thomas. Yes, I would. Willie Sneed does more for that offense. Michael Thomas, more times or not, gets the outside. We're going to throw you to you when you're covered. Uh, He's limited to what he can do in the slot. Sneed, Sneed's the reason they got rid of Brandon Cooks. I mean, that's wow. because he's the guy that right, they can do a huge. lot of different stuff. So, yeah. I don't even know. Who, like I said, I don't even know who's playing next week yet. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. But I also know that Teron Armstead got back to practice. That'll be big, too. So that's a huge little development there for right. the whole Saints. It is Constitution time! Lido Quirky's been absolutely killing it for us. He's given us the first six amendments. Uh, Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Kyle Shanahan, beans not beef. Coaches must scheme for players, not rely on talents. Legs and ass, and we are the Players First Podcast. We have three new articles, new sections of Article 3 going in this week. And I want to give a shout-out to Philip Cook and Mr. Jasko tweeted us. They are thrilled that they are being put into the Constitution. Thank you for your contributions. You need to thank Lito Quirky, who wrote it up. Uh, let us begin Article 3. Article 3. Kid can't even read. I'm waiting. I want that funky music. Oh, thanks, Producer Josh. You're so... Give us a little music. Please. Article 3, Section 1. If you're a pigeon-toed person and have made it to college without busting your face open every two months, you're probably a really good athlete. We at the Sims and Lefko podcast wholeheartedly support this connection. When your own feet don't even know which direction they're going, the defenders definitely won't either. And you'll always keep on your super athletic yet extremely confused toes. All those years walking around like a drunk toddler have finally paid off. Congratulations. <laughs> Pigeon-toed athlete. Section 2. Phil Simms belongs in the Hall of Fame. Phil Simms is the Tom Hanks of football. We all grew up watching and appreciating him, and even after stop playing, we respect the man immensely. He is the godfather of modern football and a, fo a football father figure to most, because when he talks, we shut the fuck up and listen. He's actually you may not my father. He's actually your father. You may not always like what he has to say, but most of the time you'll discover he's correct. When a two-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ with a Super Bowl MVP under his belt, quarterback who set the record for highest completion percentage in the Super Bowl at 88% and spent his 14 career with one franchise isn't in the 15 hall. 15-year career. 15-year. We feel there's a great injustice somewhere, and that should be corrected. If you're going to put writers and owners in the Hall of Fame, let's make sure we have the right players first. 
and then we'll worry about giving it any Tom, Dick, and Jerry, their participation trophy. Put Phil in the Hall of Fame. Wow. It's Section- it goes on a ton, that, that though. The whole, like... Uh, the career. Do you ever notice that uh, people can never do that? What? They can never they can never add. They think it's addition a career. They go, oh, 79 to 93. Well, 79 no, yes. 79 counts. It was a year that he actually played. All right, back to the Constitution. <laughs> section Article 3, Section 3. Football fields are for football players. No longer shall we stand idly by while players get harmed doing their jobs because you want it to be anything other than the one thing it should be. Grass. When owners try and bring their business mindset to the football field to make it multi-purpose, we say fuck you, respect the game and the players. If you want other things happening on the field, just remember, it's a football field, not a concert venue or a temporary soccer (laughs) field. We don't give a shit if it makes it easier for artists to set up their pyrotechnics and jumbotrons. If that's important to you, then invest in another building. Until then, keep your money-grubbing hands off the sanctity that is a football field. I think that's my favorite one. Incredible timing. I mean, you you nailed the end of the track there. Lido Quirky continues to absolutely dominate. We now have nine in. Seven, eight, nine. Pigeon Toad. Phil Simms belongs in the Hall of Fame. And turf is bad for NFL players' knees. I'm going to bring in a quick out-of-left go-field question. Please. If the Constitution doesn't like turf, what do we say about the greatest show on turf? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a good. The question. Rams were one of the best offensive teams of all time, and we don't like turf, and we don't like turf. Yes. What do you say, Sims? Man, there are always outliers. Yes, you're okay. right. There's okay. always outliers. I mean, because I watched the the football. I mean, life. they were the, the greatest show on turf. There's all we could say. They were playing on turf at that time. I don't know. Does that not count for other football? Teams? No, it doesn't. We're, what yeah. we're saying is we just like the greedy fucking owners to yes. back off on the field turf crap. Okay, so they can make more millions and hundreds of millions. We have a lot of submissions for new amendments this week. I'm going to try and go by quick. We're going to go through Jets Joe 73, who we as a group thought may have been Joe Klecko. I did. It's not. We checked. Uh, He wants to put in betting over fandom. Betting over fandom. Betting over fandom. That who you bet on is yeah. more important than your fan of a team. Oh, well, it definitely is for you. We know that. I'm actually going to go nay here. <laughs> I think I'm going to go say nay too. It's not enough of our staple quite yet. I agree. Thank you though, Joe. Uh, PJ Green. Only listen to analysts who watch film and have a good track record. Whew. That stands true, but it's yet not. I don't think still enough of a staple of what we talk about on a on a you know random basis. I agree, PJ. Thank you though, Tom McCulloch McCulligan, and this is agreed on by a pet ninety six. Adam shall never let Chris finish a sentence. <laughs> this is an easy one in my book. It, it's, we should make it? Or? Oh, I mean, come on. This is the, the longest standing podcast staple. I think it is. It really is. So you probably should just go ahead and make it part of it. I'm going yeah as well. <laughs> yes. Give me a little volume, Steinmetz. <laughs> that is part of our podcast from the motherfucking first one. It really is. That means... Congratulations, Tom McCulligan. Adam shall never let Chris finish a sentence. Is officially in the podcast constitution. I mean, I seriously think Adam looks at me sometimes so when anyway, I'm talking. When I, like, <laughs> when I talk sometimes, I swear he looks at me like, oh, God, you want to say something? Fine. Okay. I guess how he looks at me No, sometimes. what really <laughs> is is I've, I've been around you for so long. I know where it's going. And I go, in my head, I go, I know what point he's going to make. And I, yeah. Yep, oh, damn yep. it. Damn it. Soren Rhett, we shall not judge a player by anything other than his film and build. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, not year. It's not there yet, but but it's a good thought, regardless. Yeah, sometimes I think we nay. do that. Yes, but we miss on the other stuff, like the intangibles that we're not privy to when we're doing scouting and stuff. Yes, uh, Colin Crilly, Fendrick is the best punching bag at Bleacher Report. Here, here. I mean, do we have to do this? Bye. Do we have to do this? I am actually going to say nay. Uh, yeah, because he is our punching bag. Right. Yes, but there's plenty but of others around this office. Pumping yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. We may we didn't have to clarify that. Thanks, but man, guys. I'm so glad you're in the middle. Uh, right. Coleman Imhoff. Run pass options are for the birds. <laughs> also goes with you can only trick them and dick them so much. Oh, they're, they're good ones, but still, I don't think we've gotten into that enough yet. I mean, okay. that's been a recent thing. I don't think it's constitutional worthy. Um, I'm. I'm agreement with you completely right now. Sean Bennett, coaches from the Belichick coaching tree shall be held to a higher standard when it comes to clock management. Ooh, very true again, but I don't think we visited that subject enough either. That's still amazing with Bill O'Brien. I just watched that back just a little while ago. I mean, it's, I don't know what. That bad? Oh my God. I just don't know what they were thinking. I really don't. It's unbelievable. That game was amazing to watch on film. Anthony, Matt Sims should be on an NFL roster. Well, that is true, but um, that's not part of the Constitution. Uh, it's just, sorry. Sims is ruling with an iron fist today, and I can't it's disagree good. with him. Yeah. It's yep. good. Uh, Anthony Hamp, when life gives you lemons, save them for the podcast, which I'm taking as right. save, save it, it for, for the, the podcast. podcast. Right. I mean, that really should be, I, I mean, a, yeah, I really think that should actually be So in. this one is when you have an idea... Save it for the podcast. Don't talk to me about it in and the I'm hallway. Be honest, fuck yes. <laughs> Congratulations, Anthony Hamp. When life gives you lemons, save it for the podcast. We gotta, we gotta figure out a way to better phrase that, right? Lito well, that's working. what Lito's job is. Lito, Lito, so it's it's whenever you have a good idea, don't talk to each other, don't bring it up. Literally save it for the podcast. You did it to Big Phil last week. I had to do it to him today again because he wanted to, you know, I told him we were going to call him and he was, like I told you, everything that he thinks sounds on the internet is a rant. So he's like, I can't rant again. And I was like, Dad, it's like a radio show except we could say whatever we want. And he was like, oh, oh, okay, okay. So he thinks because CBS, all of his topics have to be rant topics. Right, right. And then he's seen some of my rant videos in the past. So I think he thinks that's the internet. Like ranting is the internet. That's amazing. We're going to ask him that in a second. Thomas Moore, being Tall and white does not a stor- starting quarterback make. So just because you're tall and white doesn't make you a starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, that's a good thought. I don't know. I mean, it, it is something we've talked about a lot, especially the really tall ones, but I don't think we could put that in Constitution. I agree. Uh, Mark Bajent. Oh. We shall always self-scout and shall never be closed off to other opinions or v- viewpoints unless said viewpoints violate Article 1. Article 1, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time. So we should always be open to self-scout and never closed off to other opinions unless that opinions is Rodgers is not the best quarterback of all time. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean I, I like the self-scouting part. I don't know about the second part of it, so I can't say that's that we constant. should never or we should never be closed off to other opinions. Well, yeah, yeah, we should never be closed off to other. That op- says we should just be open to all opinions. Yeah, but, but I- there are some opinions out there that you're not willing to be open exactly to. Exactly, to I think I yes. am going to say yay. Right, we are always going to be open to opinions. It doesn't mean that we have to adopt them. But I would like to be a podcast that's willing to listen. Yes, I would agree with that. So that's what I took the second part of that. So as. you're saying yay? I'm saying yay. That and we, I'm that saying we, nay. I'm and saying I am that, going. Oh. 
to break the tie okay. with a little bit of music. I'm going to side with Lefko on that one. You I'll, are? I'll listen to someone else talk. I might tell them that they're wrong immediately afterwards. The, or big, okay, okay, the big okay. thing for me is we shall always self-scout. That's what I want to focus on. I got that. And I, I don't mean to dis... I don't... Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know what... I guess I got lost in the you second half of that part of it. You can right now. Yeah. I, no, we're fine. Add it in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last one, this is from iTunes. But he's uh, saying, so we'll listen to anybody unless they say Aaron Rodgers in the greatest yes. quarterback. Okay. I get it now. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. You like that one? <laughs> Jack yeah, Schneider in iTunes. Having a whoa big off season does not always equal whoa big actual season uh that is again that just became a thing on our podcast so do you i don't think it's constitutional worry worthy yet yeah and i think that's the point of whoa big off season is that it's a joke like they're not really gonna have a this doesn't like trend to it being good no no like you were yes it was more about it started right when we had no news to talk about and you're like whoa here's a big story that's not really that big whoa he's gone vegan (laughs) yeah exactly all right but awesome job from everybody i think they were all great but a special shout out to tom mcculligan anthony hamp and mark bajant we are now going to be having adam never lets chris finish a sentence uh when Save it for the podcast, and we shall always self-scout, unless you don't think that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback. I think they're th- all three are yeah, good. Yeah, they're pretty good. You're right. Congratulations to Thanks, all. Thanks, everybody. Lido Quirky, you have work to do. Do um, it. It was our Second Amendment. Kyle Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL, uh, and I always have to bring in one Kyle Shanahan quote. Yep. When asked about the late offensive pass interference call on Trent Taylor, Kyle Shanahan responded, I saw a very good route. Respended. Um... That's a new word. Respended? Uh, I don't know what I said. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, he it, said, I saw a very good route. It was a good route. Was it pass interference? No. Yes. You never call that. I, I think that there's two calls that stand out to me this weekend that were, I mean, absolutely fucking ridiculous. And that would be one of them. And then the Von Miller? Without a doubt. Which yeah. I'm so glad that like Dean Blandino and them came out too and said it should never be called. Not at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, he really ran a perfect route. He gave a little shoulder shrug because the guy was leaning on him. He did not extend his arm. Bad call all the way. On and you don't, third and nine. You don't call that at that point in the game. You just don't. I'm sorry. Unless it was totally egregious and you got open only because of like extending the arm and totally pushing away. That was a bad call. All right. Let's do some self-scouting. First up, a lot of people hit me up and said that Carl Lawson did not go up against David Bakhtiari. He right. didn't even play. Mm-hmm. It was actually a backup named Kyle Murphy. 64, right. I apologize. Right. He was still freaking awesome. Carl Lawson was a beast. Another good question. Yeah. When are the tackles going to get back for the Packers? Yeah, I don't that's know. Huge. I think uh, Bakhtiari, I think they're hoping is back. Let's see. Bakhtiari last week. Who's got the hamstring issue? Is it Balaga? Balaga has the hamstring issue. I think one of them is was practicing or went through the walkthrough. They're going to be close to both being able to yes. play this week. Uh, the other self-scouting we need to do is, so we upset Falcons fans for a while. They've quieted down. Yeah. Now the fan base that's upset at us is the Rams fan. Let me go to iTunes okay. here. This is from C. Dayan, great podcast. Uh, Carlos Dayan. I live in Mexico City, been a huge fan since episode 21. Um, they say we should bring back Guaranteed to Lose. We do guarantee to lose at the end of our Friday podcast when we do pick them, so check that out. Uh, I think I really think you guys leave out the Rams in most podcasts. Uh, they are showing promise and lead the league in scoring. And then a Another person came at us. Um, Los Angeles, Rob, how about Goff? I love your show. Sims is the best analyst online. Um, but also, what do you think about Goff? 
Um, he's still got some kinks to work out because he drifts away from pressure, but he's playing really good. He's got a live arm. Um, and he also said, I'm so happy that Lefko isn't Craig Carton because I always imagine him talking with Sims. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, but what do you, okay, so we, we have been neglecting the Rams. Yeah, I know. I think a part of it was because it was a Thursday night game last it makes week. It, too. Hard. You know, it, yeah. hurt, it hurts us to, to be able to talk about it on Monday. Um, things are going in the right direction with the Rams. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, they're leading the league in scoring. I get that. I was, uh, you know, week one, of course, I still wasn't sure what the Rams were. It was against the Colts, so I was just careful about how I evaluated them. Week two, they did play the Washington Redskins uh, solid uh, and really had a chance to win the game at, at certain points. Yeah, the golf interception made it kind of tough. Golf interception closed the door, and really one of the plays before that that really even hurt more than that. If you remember at the end of the game, Golf escapes the, the pocket to the right. He throws a ball into the back of the end zone to Robert Woods. And Woods was open, and he should have caught the ball, but he was running, and Golf threw a duck, a mm. knuckler duck, and the ball like literally curved. I could show it to you on film, and it made it a very hard catch. How about this Niners but game? The Niners game, he was the best game of his career, hands down. I don't think it's not, it's not even close. A lot of big-time throws. The one thing I was really— Sammy Watkins' throw was fantastic. Sammy Watkins' throws were fantastic. I mean, some of the Robert Woods throws. He threw the ball. I mean, again, I'm not saying he's even in the class of Carson Wentz at this point, but he's going in the right direction. And just look at him compared to Brian Hoyer. I mean, he oh was my gosh. He's capable of making more plays than Brian Hoyer. And the other thing that I think I was more impressed with than anything is just he answered the bell. That was the first time we saw, like, oh, we're up in the big lead. Oh, wait. It's back to a close game. I got to perform again yeah. and drive the team down. He did that. I mean, McVeigh is... Awesome. That, McVay that game was, is kicking. What did you yeah. think about? We didn't get to talk about this. Yeah. McVay, when the defense was on the field, just gonna bring sat on the Gatorade yeah. cooler and worked on the offense. Right. And what it made me think of the all the times we talk about coordinators get the head coaching job and then give up that responsibility. Yes. I love that. Love it. You have Wade and you Phillips, have Wade your Phillips coordinator. to coach the defense. Right. And you're, there, if there's something I, that I, you I really... I almost want Kyle to do that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I do wonder if this will catch on a little bit through NFL teams and especially and, you know, head coaches who are offensive coordinators. Will they just take a few moments to go, I'm going to regain my thoughts here. And how are they attacking me? Because that's a really big problem. If you're a good offensive play caller, you're taking note of when I got up in this formation, they played this coverage. Um, when it was this down, man, so far they've only played this coverage on second down. You're and looking at tendencies You're looking and at tendencies and going, what are they this, trying they to do, do to us? Right. right. Why, what's their plan for the game right now? And I thought it was brilliant. And I really, this the biggest thing is, takes balls. I mean, here he is a young coach. Up. Young coach. And he's going, you know what? I'm not going to stand there and be Johnny head coach. And pace. I think he's literally younger than me. He's 31. And I'm 31 as right, well. So you're close. But, but I, I think to have, we always talk about not having too much ego in this job. Yes. And his ability to be really good at it. Right. And then I read also that with the whole protest, he stood up in front of the team and said, we're going to figure this out now. Right. Because we need to be prepared for everything. Yes, right. And the team loves him right now. He's he's an impressive dude, man. When you meet him, I'm he's... Lo- you know what? Good for the Rams. Yeah. I'm happy. Right. It sucks that their attendance apparently is going to break historic records of a decline from right. year one to year two in the city. Yep. But... 
getting Wade Phillips was the right decision. It was. Um, and then going out this offseason, props to Les Need, all the weapons they had. Yeah, they it supported was Jared Goff. Yes. They, they realized, like, wait, we, we And Aaron kind of, Donald's a freaking beast. Oh, my gosh. I'm amazed by Aaron Donald. I really am. And I think that's, you know, again, Aaron Donald, to be able to do that, like, 10 days after you started this, I mean, just speaks to what a freaking nature he is. Because it, it, I just, speaking as a wimpy quarterback, I would be like, man, I've only had 10 days. I don't yeah. feel comfortable going out there yet. On the two Thursday and Monday night games, him and Demarcus Lawrence, both really, really impressive. Yes. At the same time, Jared Valdir, what the hell were you doing? Well, the offensive line for the Cardinals is a disgrace, okay? And really, when you really look at them, and you, we always talk about legs and ass. They ain't got nothing. They got nothing. They all have... They got what I call a flat back. Well, they all have what I always call is like the older offensive linemen, guys. This is the first thing I've always noticed when I was around the NFL, even when I was working with the Patriots. I think I've heard told this story with Dan Copen, the great center that yes. was there in their first three Super Bowls. Um he was hanging on by a thread, but yeah, guys always lose their ass and legs at a certain Why point do you in their think career. That is physiologically, I think physiologically that basically it's just one of those things where uh, they were naturally gifted in that area in their prime years, right? So they didn't have to do. They a lot didn't of squats. really have to do squats and things like that. And now they're at the age where they're going, man, I'm old. I don't want to be going in there and doing 350 on my back and 400 pounds and, and squatting. Gravity takes over. It, and it, just, it just starts to lose his muscle mass mm. too. So speaking of. Awesome things. Yes. We have been calling Tariq Cohen the mensch all right. season. And I love the nickname. It really makes me happy. And on Monday's show, we were talking, or it was, we were doing a video about the duo of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Well, wouldn't you know it, Tariq Cohen was asked about the, the duo this week. And he said, I think of us as thunder and lightning. Hard stop. Right. Way too many Thunder and Lightnings out there. What was the name for the ones that you Smash played? Smash and Dash. Smash and, and Dash. Smash and Dash. And then, uh, wait, Thunder. Well, so, and the funniest thing is that year. There's been a million year, Thunder and Lightnings. D'Angelo Williams and Stewart that year. Yes. Also tried to piggyback off of CJ and K- do Smash, Smash and Dash. And, and uh, Lendell White had the ultimate comeback when he heard about it. He goes, more like fraud and fraudulent. And it was, I mean, that's how awesome Lendell White was. Uh, so, what I did was, I went, look, the mensch is sticking. We need to think of our own nickname for this duo because Thunder and Lightning is bullshit. Like, it's just too common. It's great, quick, and loud. I got got one. All right. Right off the bat. Just came into my head. All right. So I have. The Mensch and the Henchman. (laughs) The Menchman and the the Henchman. The the Mensch and the Hench. Okay. (laughs) I have a few here. Uh, First up. I think that I'm going to go deep here. There is a U.S. district judge <laughs> oh my God. named Mark Howard Cohen, Jordan Howard Tariq Cohen. He's a U.S. district judge, so we could call them the judge and the jury. Not Ooh, bad. Okay. Howard Cosell's birth name was Howard Cohen, Jordan Howard Tariq right. Cohen. We can call them ladies and gentlemen. Have we had the law firm? I mean, is there a law firm? Like, because Howard and Cohen could sound like that law is pretty firm-ish. good. Could also be, they could also be called the Deli. The Deli. I didn't even think about that. Why? The Deli. Howard and Cohen. So you get your locks and your pastrami and your your, really? your rye bread. But do they really have a Deli in that name? I'm sure. Oh, okay. I'm sure there's one anyway. <laughs> Um, but in terms of the mensch, I'm sure somewhere in America. In terms of the mensch, there's the mensch and the stench. Ooh. There's the mensch and the wrench. And then the one that I'm going to vote for, right. which is the mensch and the bench, as in like bench press. Right. <laughs> mensch and the bench. I like the law firm. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. The law firm, George, uh, Howard and... So you don't like the menchmen and the henchmen? I mean, it's good. <laughs> it's just a little tough. Okay. But it's good. 
Howard and Cohen. Howard and Cohen. They'll just call it the law firm? Yeah. I don't know. I like the. I want to keep the mention there. You can put it out to the Twitter followers, see you what they call think. call it mention bench? I did think of the men- mention wrench. I did think of that. I, I think I might have actually even said it on TV. All right, so you, that's a good idea. Yeah, hit yeah, us, us up. Know what hit you us think, up. Guys. Damn. Hit us up on Twitter, at Sims and Lufko, and let us know what combination, what nickname, if you want. Just keep in the mench. Uh, keep in the mench or make it something like And let us know if you've ever heard of a deli called Howard and Cohen, okay? Because I'd like to know if that actually exists in America. You know, it's where you get your locks <laughs> and your He said it so confidently, like, you know, there's definitely one. The one thing that I thought was super impressive about those guys was Jordan Howard multiple times was, was holding his shoulder, and he yeah. looked like he was really hurt. Kyle Long came out and said, there's nobody tougher than Jordan Howard. They call it juice. When a guy like that walks in the huddle, you've got some juice. Yeah. He's a beast, man. And to me, Kyle Long is like one of those really tough guys. If he's giving a running back a compliment... You know it. Yeah. Kyle Long is the sole reason, I would say, that's why they whooped ass last week. Really? Kyle Long, when he gets in the lineup, that offensive line goes from being like, you know around the top 10 area to now he's healthy that it's definitely one of the five best offensive linemen offensive line in football. I'm be honest. I put him on my all 22 team. Did you? A lot of the big runs from this past week that I saw in football. First of all, your center, Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. I mean, he was the star of the game on the That's offensive what line. I heard. Every big play was because of him. And then uh yes, Jake, I mean, the Bears offensive line, sorry, Kyle no, Long, Kyle. Kyle Long. Yeah. Uh, their old line has just got a rare combination of being able to block a team like Pittsburgh. They're athletic this enough. This Thursday don't... night football game is going to be really interesting. No, it's going to be Bears, close. Packers, it's really going to be close. close. I, again, I would like to state to everybody out there: the Bengals are better than the Green Bay Packers. Go through these positions. Did we do this yet? Yes, we did. Okay, we did I mean, it on Monday show. Go through the positions. If you go through the positions, I know you might have not been there. Cincinnati had the better secondary. Cincinnati has the better front four. Yep. The offensive line, it's close. And that game, Cincinnati's O line was better because they weren't hurt. Running backs. I mean, yeah, it's, but is there one position that Green Bay yeah, is better one at? Day, one day. One. Which one is it? Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay. Right. Yep. All right. <laughs> Article Aaron one. Rogers, Look at the constitution. The greatest quarterback I've ever seen. All right. So you brought up uh, the Eagles and Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, Carson Wentz was mic'd up during the game. Oh, I heard it. Okay, so Jake Elliott was lining up to kick the field goal, 61-yard field goal. He's missed two field goals already this season. And on the sideline, uh, Carson's like, come on, big four. Come on, you could do it. And he looks at a linebacker and goes, if he makes this, I'm going to give him my game check. And the linebacker's like, what, are you kidding me? Drills it, and an incredible celebration ensues. This gets posted. This is the difference between now and five years ago, yes. where we wouldn't see this until NFL films like five they years did, later. They did, though, this week. It was on the, the Showtime show exactly. last night. So good. And what's crazy about our society now is it's immediately like, well, Carson, you've got to pay on your game check. You have to do this right now. And I'm sitting there going, this is crazy. It is but crazy. Apparently, he tweeted out today, Jake Elliott, I'm going to take care of you. Tory Smith tweeted out and said, yo, man, you do not need to pay him that. Carson Wentz, it'd be like a $31,000 game check. One, would you pay if you were caught? Carson Wentz's paycheck is 100000 The kicker's is 30000 No, I think Carson's is a lot less than that. No. No, check. you're probably right. I am right. I know I am. All right, but do you believe that if you got caught mic'd up, would you pay? I would have never said that. <laughs> Just to let you know right now, there's no effing way. First of all, like the bet's void. It is thirty one thousand. Are you yes, sure? Yes, according to ESPN.com. Okay. Yep. Man, I thought I saw a number that di- different than that earlier today. Um, 
either way, I think the thing I would look at is he didn't say it to him. It wasn't like they shook on it. Exactly. Okay, so However, now anything that comes out of your mouth, we got to pay up. I can come up with a yeah, lot of people have, on the internet that didn't do But they, we have video evidence. Right, okay. I know. Still, I don't even care. I mean, so now that, because you know the kicker is going to be like, hey, Carson, like, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, like, well, yeah, he's, it's been made a thing. He probably didn't say anything to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz will probably write him a nice $20,000 check. 20000 I think he might. So then why not give him thirty one? I don't know. Because maybe I'm taking him out today. to a nice steak dinner. Man, I don't know where I saw that. Are you sure about that? I mean, I'll check again. Check again. He literally pulled it up and it was right in front I, of It your was face. ESPN. I don't check that. I don't believe them. Are you allowed to do that, though? Are you allowed to motivate players by like offering up your game checks? Like, uh, could that be an issue? Well, that's the the whole point of Bounty Gate. Right. I mean, so first of all, yes, guys sometimes in I the locker how, room. How out of line this is being taken. Well, Mike Garofolo, thirty one thousand seven hundred and sixty four. All right. Is I'll that better? Made you out. good? All right. All right. That will be okay. Okay, good. Fine. I guess so, sure. All right. Um my point being sorry, I just want to make sure I yeah, swear no, I, I read it. But yeah. uh either way. That will go on in the locker room a lot, especially with the older veteran guys. Like if an older veteran guy who's made a ton of money and somebody gets some bullcrap personal foul or a legal so hit, paying for penalties, they might like a cool veteran might put like the cash in their locker and be like, "Here's you know ten thousand dollars." Seen that happen? Before? Yeah, I have seen it happen. And then the other thing that will happen too is yes. The whole bounty gate thing—that's what I mean. It go. It used to go on everywhere in the NFL. It was a way to like get camaraderie. But throughout it's okay the team. for positive things like making a field goal, not for trying to knock a quarterback out. Of yeah, the yeah. Game. It was. It, well, I was a part of some conversation where it was. Yes. Okay. Where the night before the game, okay, the coach would go, "Okay, what's going on? What do you got?" And you know, a guy would like. I'll give $1,000 for whoever gets an interception. And, you know, coach will write it on the board. $1,000, this guy said, for interception. I'll give, you know. And it's I'll on give, the board. It's on the board. I'll give 5000 for sack fumble. Okay, on the board. You know, and then you might have some crazy guy. I'll give 10000 if you knock out the quarterback. And it was always understood to be like, we're not trying to break head. legs. Yes. Yeah, nobody's that fucked up in the NFL. If the interception or the fumble recovery happened during the game, was everybody like, oh man, you owe oh, him $1,000? The teams I was a part of, like it, it always hit. like some, Because it went on more than one week a year, so it was almost just part of the culture. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm the but linebacker. what would the reaction be when the interception Nobody happened? even talked about it. It Nobody would just be after the fact. Monday, Monday, though, things like that would get figured out. Have you ever had anyone with you? No, I never had one. I imagine um, it's different with the quarterback. So I'd be like, hey, Chris, if you throw a touchdown on Sunday. Yeah, no, and everybody's like, "Man, fuck you! You're quarterback. You get exactly. paid way too much money, anyways." Spoiled ass <laughs> yeah, right? No, the quarterback usually had to be the guy that had to raise his hand first to give out money to the rest of the team. And because Bleacher Report has the best fucking app that money doesn't even need to buy because it's free, the Bleacher Report app downloaded in the store has just alerted me that Carson Wentz donates portion of his game check to charity of kicker Jake Elliott's choice. Oh, okay, that's nice. I am annoyed if I'm Jake Elliott. Well, maybe he told him to do that. But. Hey, you know what? The charity, I'd like to do the Jake Elliott Home Fund, where I might add a living room and or an extension. Biggest checks I ever saw written out yes. to anybody. Okay. Good um, Keyshawn Johnson lost $30,000 in AC Ducey on the back of the plane once to Corey Ivey. Uh, was it paid up or was that an issue? Oh, no, no, it was paid up because Keyshawn was rich as shit. So everybody's going to make sure he paid up. Uh, <laughs> and then what was the other one I was going to say? There was one. Of, oh, I saw Cadillac Williams oh. gave Tory Cox, I believe, $64,000 for the number shit. 24. 
Yeah, I might be off by a few thousand here. It was like 60,000 because I know I know Tory Cox. Well, that was before rookie salary cap, so oh, he so made a shitload like of money. He a $50 million dollar he, rookie contract. Right. He had like 20 million the first year. Uh, and you have always talked about the story of uh, who was the guy that lost all the money in poker in Denver? Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, the running back. Uh, I know. I know. I'm blanking on his name. It starts with an L. Yeah. Uh, uh, played for the Raiders, played for the, the Jets. Jets. Jordan, uh, Jordan, Lamont Jordan. Lamont Jordan. Thank you. Oh, I don't remember man. what episode that was, but talking poker Ooh, with the Broncos, man. Lamont Jordan. He owed me 18000 and I had to be that annoying guy to be like, uh, you owe me money for that poker game. Uh, can I get that, please? Hey, uh, <laughs> yo, Chris, you didn't throw it to me in the flat. I'll throw it to you when you give me that $18,000. Oh, I had everybody. I became the spokesman for everybody he owed. Like Brandon Stokely. <laughs> he was like even, the debt collector. He was. Brandon Stokely would be like, you know, you're kind of good to everybody on the team. Dude, he owes me money too. Can you? I mean, have you had to be a call him up? Be like, hey, you, you owe me money. You owe Brendan Stokely money. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, give Big Phil a call. Let's get him on the line. Ready. Uh, Big Phil, this segment is brought to you by nobody. But if you'd like it to be brought to you by, hit us up. This is called Fillin' Time. Sims, I mean, uh, Fendrick is going to call Big Phil. Uh, the first thing I'm going to ask him about is uh, is he ready to rant? Because uh, <laughs> well, have fun with him with that. Because okay, okay. yeah. I love this. This makes me so happy. Do moving phone again. It's a few, it's a few minutes early. Oh. oh, Big Phil, how are you? Hey, what's we got going on here? What's <laughs> we got going on here, Phil? Are you ready to rant? No, don't rant today. I'm in a good <laughs> mood. I'm curious. What do you think about internet videos? Are most of them rants? Uh, internet videos. What do you mean? I was I, making fun of you because you know I was, I was saying you know some of the things you've said to me like I can't rant every week. I don't have enough stuff, <laughs> and I just you know I, I was making fun of you just saying how it's this is just a radio show except we could say crazier shit than normal. Yeah, I got you. Okay, are we going now? Is this yeah, oh yeah, we go live, buddy. That's why we save oh, it for I the think, podcast. Man, you got to tell me, Ron. I could have said something and go, "Oh my!" Even I don't care what you're on. If nobody listens to you, I still could have gotten in trouble. Well, don't worry. <laughs> we have last. We have last editing rights here. That's why we oh, have the, okay. the mother okay. hen. Uh, are, is in the middle here, and he he'll always he'll protect you. Yeah, we'll worry. shut it down. Don't well, worry. Let me tell you this, Adam. So I talked to my son earlier today, and I said, "Hey, how about this?" And he goes. Shut up! Don't just tell me on the air or whatever. Save it for the podcast. Save it for the podcast. It's okay, on the Constitution. I know, but you know what's happened since then and now. I forgot what I was going to talk about. <laughs> it happens. So you know you can't do that to you when you get over sixty, man. You know these thoughts go in your head; they go out quick. They go out quick. <laughs> All right. So I my have... rant is just you know well whatever you you ruined it. <laughs> oh, I'm a rant about my children. Oh, I've never done that before, Adam. <laughs> oh no. All right, I have. So what do we want to talk about? Lots of stuff to talk about. Yes. What do we, All right, hold on. Let me start off first. When you play them, you hold on, hold on. Let Adam oh. talk and act like a host. Oh, I'm okay, the host. Sorry. All right, so first we have an iTunes comment from uh, AFR0508, and he says, forget wow. about all those other crappy podcasts. This is the best one. Big Phil is the best new segment ever. Can we convince him to be the next Giants head coach? Big Phil, what do you think? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and we're done. I can't do it. I couldn't put up with it. I couldn't put up with the today's players, the atmosphere, all those things. Look, I played in a league for 15 years. That's the league that I, I kind of remember. And to go in there and and um, change completely what I know and what I learned, it would be impossible to do. What would How's be the that? biggest thing that you would want to say to players today that you don't think you'd be able to say? Oh my gosh! You can't say anything, can you? I mean, you know, you're not allowed to coach them too hard because they'll get mad. 
and you know they it upsets them. You know, coach is not in touch with what we are and who we are. I don't know. You know, hey, I'll never forget Dan Reeves. Can imagine his speech now. He was uh, uh, brought in as a new head coach of the New York Giants my last year. He walks in the room. We're all sitting in there, and we're wondering, okay, what's going to go on? He walks in, takes his yellow notepad, throws it on the lectern, and he says, sit up straight, put your feet on the floor, and take those damn hats off. And I just went, we're going to win. Well, and that, that, that was it. It was great. I mean, man, I mean, I set up to attention, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy means business, and it was really awesome. And, you know, that's old school, but that's what I like. Well, what, you, you know, you've always said, I mean, uh, and for the young people out there, I mean, Parcells, you, you, didn't, you, you always thought your first name was fuck, right, for a long time, because you were like, damn. I well, didn't, didn't no, know. I never said that. I said my first name began with an F and not a P. Oh, I had right. to come check my birth certificate <laughs> to see, because I was effing Sims for eight years. Fucking oh, Sims. Effing Sims. Fucking Sims. Oh, my God. Oh, this, this, and that. Oh, you know, no matter what. You know, once I actually said to Bill, I said, hey, coach. I mean, come on, just admit it. I played a pretty good game or whatever yesterday or something like that. And as soon as I said it, I go, that's the dumbest thing I ever said to him. <laughs> and he goes, son, it disappoints, the, it disappoints me to think that my expectations for you are greater than the ones that you have for yourself. Oh, man. That, oh, and yeah. then he walks away from me. And right. I'm like, come back here. So Bill was the greatest psychological manipulator in the history of the game. That's, That's what awesome. he was great at. He could work the room and get everybody on edge. And he, you know, it was, I, I'd watch him during the week. He'd be over in the corner of the locker room, talking to somebody, go, Oh boy, he's giving them the lesson. And, you know, he would tweak guys like Lawrence, you know, a couple times a year. He couldn't do it too often, but he knew how to do it. <laughs> Uh, so you were a quarterback that obviously had an incredible career. Uh, you're in our constitution now, uh, Phil Simms oh, yeah. needs to be in the Hall of Fame. It's amazing. Uh, I'm curious. Big Ben, Carson Palmer, Joe Flacco, Drew Brees, Eli Manning. These guys have all had long careers, but I kind of get the feeling from you that their their teams are in some interesting situations. Well, I think, you, look, I hate to go to these assumptions early in the year, but that's what we do. You know, you think about situations. It's all going to depend on this, their play and the where it ends up at the end of the year. You think of Carson Palmer. If they don't go to the playoffs this year, the Arizona Cardinals, do you think they're going to reload again with Carson Palmer next year or try to? No way. Uh, and, and Bruce Arians? I just I, I can't see that. You know, you look at Drew Brees down in – New Orleans. Okay, Drew Brees making a lot of money. He's had an unbelievable career and all that. But the last year of his contract, Sean Payton, how many years can they not go to the playoffs and have success before they decide, you know what, we've got to start something over here. So, And then, you know, that also holds true, I think, for the Baltimore Ravens. Even Joe Flacco, even though he's younger, you know, he's in a situation. They're not having success. They haven't been that good on offense. You know, not that they really build around Joe Flacco, but it's all the money where do you go? Is John Harbaugh, is his job in jeopardy? I hate to talk about these things early, but after the year, you know, you have to see because it's, it's yeah. you know, a group of many things that make up that decision. And I just think we've got quite a few players that are in there. Phillip Rivers, you know, out in, you know, I almost said San Diego, out in L.A., hey, if they don't go to the playoffs, they have a bad year, what do you do? You know, you passed on some – True franchise quarterbacks this year. Well, I've said it on here that you know we, that there was always the rumor in the NFL that they wanted Deshaun Watson, and and I wonder if they they are you know thinking about that now as they're in this this zero and three hole. 
Well, I know this. If they watched uh, Deshaun Watson play last week against the New England Patriots, they really regret it. And <laughs> I'm not going to base everything on one game, but that was a that was a pretty good looking game for a rookie quarterback to play up there and to do what he did against right. the New England Patriots. So, and and I don't know if this rookie class coming out this year. I know there's a lot of hype. They're going to be about the quarterbacks. You know, my first thought is it won't be as good as the group that we just saw come out. Right. I, I think the three that we're talking about are all franchise quarterbacks that came out this past year. Trubisky, and, Watson, and, and Mahomes. Yes, those yes. three. Right. I mean, uh, you, you know why? Undeniable talent. Right. That's that's it. You know, the rest of it, we don't know about until we see. So we don't get – we're not privileged to information. Hey, how smart are they? Do they communicate? Do they have, do they have a presence to them? All this stuff. When you watch them in person, do you go – Hey, that's what I want in a pro quarterback. Because no matter what you say, and we all talk about, my one question about Deshaun Watson was, can he drive the football down the field and throw it into tight spots? Because that's what you have to do in the NFL uh, as a quarterback to win games. You've got to make three or four of those a game to win and to be a big-time contender. And he threw some passes this past week. That I'm telling you, I didn't see him throw at Clemson maybe his whole career. Right, right. I did. I mean, I just watched the film too, and we, and we haven't even had this conversation, my father. But I, that's one of the first things I wrote down. I couldn't get over it. I mean, he really he threw the 95 mile per hour fastball a bunch, and you're right. We never saw that in Clemson, and that was yours and I's biggest question about him going into the NFL. Well, you can't throw a 95 mile an hour fastball until they allow you to, too. So right. that's part of it. Right. But I did notice a difference in him. I'm sure he stands around and he's watching Tom Savage throw the ball. And I don't care what you think about Tom Savage. You know, warming up, he can warm up. Right. I mean, right. he can strike the football. So you kind of, hey, all, all athletes look at other ones and go, oh, I like what he's doing. I wonder what. And, hey, look at right. Aaron Rodgers, the way he threw the football coming out of college, holding up like it was on a shelf on his back shoulder. You know, whoever, well, that's, I won't even get into that technique. But, and. Yeah. What did he do after, you know, a couple years in Green Bay? I see him his third year. I'm up at their training camp, and I'm talking to one of their coaches, and out of the corner of my eye, I'm watching the offense, too, and I see a throw, and I go, my gosh, that was some great throw by Brett Favre. And then I turn and watch the field, and I go, man, that was Aaron Rodgers. Right. Because he looked like Brett Favre all of a sudden, and we actually sit on the sidelines that day. I said, you know, how do you say this to Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron, uh, ooh, um, you're throwing it a lot different, you know. And so it's. <laughs> he goes, "Hey, no, no, it's okay. I know what you're saying. I, I just, I just fixed it. I'm just kind of doing everything really natural. It feels great, and you know this." And I said, "Wow, it was really cool." So you can change in the NFL. We saw some of that with Deshaun Watson, even in two starts, and he has a chance just because of his physical gifts. His long arms, got big hands, I guess. You know, he's limber. He has a chance to to get to a place where he can really really let the ball go and be a special thrower. Yeah, the dad, uh, and then the other we got I mean I you know, I never really thought about all these, but I mean, I think you're right with Palmer, Flacco, Breeze, Rivers, like if they don't end the year strong, I, I do think it's they're going to have to find a new home and then the the marriage is over. The one guy we didn't talk about though, Eli. What do you think happens to Eli? Well, there's nothing going to happen to him because this Giants team is built right now. They're going to this is at least a two-year window here for the New York Giants. Okay. You know, probably with salary cap, so you the think players they, they have in place. Right. Okay. I was gonna say, so you think if it falls apart and they still you know, they end up six and ten or seven and nine, they're gonna give Eli one more shot. I do. I think they'll give everybody a shot. They might they're gonna make a few changes of course, but not great. I will say this, 
we get on Ben McAdoo. I do. I did it on TV, and I watched the Giants game. And look, the way they played the Philadelphia Eagle is the way they have to play football. And and yeah. they got those three wideouts. They spread you out, and I counted just. I was. I do dumb things like this. I counted twenty slant patterns that they threw. Did you hear me? Twenty. Yeah. And. It, they just keep doing it. And all of a sudden, Odell Beckham Jr., it's a slant go. Right. Or they catch the slant and they go. Right. And what's that do? Why are they doing this? He got rid of the ball so fast every time. O-line. And it's a good thing he did because right. the, the offensive line was getting pushed around, but they couldn't get to Eli. But how many times can you rush the passer as a defensive lineman? Right. right. Sooner or later, you're going to wear out. And sooner or later, these guys, and they did it many times, caught short passes and ripped off runs afterwards, and I just go, well, okay, I'm going to take back some of the things I said. I got more evidence here, and I really kind of believe that's how they're going to march forward. Because the one thing that was really evident is they're not going to run the football on a consistent basis probably the whole year. No way. They can't run on anyone. Big Phil, I got one more question for you. Uh, You on Inside the NFL, you work with Ray Lewis. He, after condemning all of the kneeling, he goes on and he he does the the two-knee pray. I thought it was pretty incredible television to watch him like getting really upset about Shannon Sharp and then talking about how he was praying and all that. What was it like to be there watching him explain what he was doing? What was that like for you? Well, it, it was unbelievable. It really was. And, you know, uh, I've learned a lot about Ray Lewis working with him just a few weeks we've been together. But, you know, I always have. I mean, I talked to him so many times as a player in his career. And, you know, I always felt like he knew – I mean, there, we knew each other. Let's put it that way. But sitting there and all my years in TV, and, of course, I haven't done studio that many years. I guess – well, I shouldn't say that. This might be like year 10 or 11 on Inside the NFL. But when he got done – and James Brown threw it to the next set of highlights, he got an ovation from everybody in the room. And I've never seen anything like it. Right. And it was really something to watch. And you, and, know, you, you just, and you and Boomer said what? Man, we, we can't. Well, now we know what it felt like to hear one of your pregame speeches before the game. Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't do it right after that. You know, right. I let some time go along, and, and then we had some fun with it or whatever because we had to break the ice and get back a little to football. And I, I said to him, well, the next segment after I said, since I did not talk in that segment, and of course we couldn't. There was nothing that Boomer and I could say that we, we did the right thing. We kept our big mouths shut. Right. But the next segment, uh, we came out and I went, well, I was just told that was one of the best things I've ever done. The greats, you know, whatever. Some of my best work where I didn't talk. And, everybody, so it just, and then I did say to Ray, I said, man. All those speeches that you gave, they really came through right there because it, it really was incredible, and I'm not making fun of it by no means. Yeah. And, uh, it's you know, you see speeches by players. I witnessed tons and tons of them, but i got to tell you, and I don't know if I ever said, oh, he gives a lot of speeches for the Baltimore Ravens, but I think being around him now and listening to that last night, we're talking about a whole different thing when he stands up and talks. Right. And that was evident last night. I've learned that about him in a short period of time. And you know what? The other thing is great. Ray Lewis is a Hall of Famer, no question. First ballot. He was a he was a great linebacker, a great leader, a smart player. But it's it's tricky, Adam. But we can make fun of him. 
I just make sure when I make fun of him, I'm not real close. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's what's really cool, that Boomer and I, that we can just all just say what we want, we can do this, and uh, that's what makes the, the show, I think, so cool, and that's what I love about it. All right, big guy. That's it. Appreciate you, Phil. You're the man. That's it. I had a couple other things, but we'll just have to wait till next week. No, you, we're podcast. hanging up on you, you big fucker. All right, see ya. See ya. See ya. Uh, one I'm, question. I'm glad that Phil is embracing that he doesn't get to say everything he wants to say. Yes. Like that he's got to wait until next week. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, fully embraced. Oh, he does. It drives him crazy that he has to wait till Sunday, and I think he's even more frustrated on Sunday because he does the pregame and halftime, and, and he goes, "Damn, so I worked all hard. I worked so hard to watch everything all week, and I got to say ten sentences today." One question that I wanted to ask Phil. I'm just going to ask you. Yeah. Brandon Merriweather was asked on who his grossest teammate was, right? And his response was Larry Izzo. Oof. He used to take breakfast into the bathroom and eat while taking a oh, dump. Oh, that's disgusting. Larry Izzo. I've heard a lot of stories about Larry Izzo. He's really? a great dude, yes. Uh, I think Larry's, what, maybe a special teams coach down with the Houston yes. Texans now? Um, what else have you heard? Oh uh, Well, I mean, he's just a crazy guy. First of all, all special teams coaches are crazy. I mean, that's just period. They're the craziest guy in the locker room, on the field. They have a great way about them. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, an NFL locker room is so disgusting. Uh, but who was your grossest teammate? My grossest teammate. God, oh, man, that's that's. I wish you would have gave me warning on this one. Um, I'll come, can we come back to that? Of course. Let me let it, it ruminate for a Take second. Take your time. There's definitely uh, some O linemen that are up there. All right, so that is grossest. But in the meantime, we need to continue our best celebration of the year award. Yeah. It continues. This is the week three ballot. And what it, a week it was. In week one, Stefan Dig Millirock to the top of the standings. In week two, Kareem Hunt slept on the ball and edged him out. What a big week. We're going to start off first the Lions curling celebration. In which one of the wide receivers rolled a ball and they scraped along and Marvin Jones had hit him in the leg. Uh, The second one, Vernon Davis with a free throw through the uprights. Uh, We had multiple players raising their fists to the sky. Odell, Marcus Peters, Richard Matthews, and Michael Thomas. Jadavian Clowney with the Gronk spike after the fumble recovery for the touchdown. And then the Odell Beckham Jr. peeing like a dog. Like a dog. First of all, what is your winner for the week? Lions curling, Odell peeing, Clowney spiking, Vernon Davis free throwing. Uh, it's da- I think it's Clowney spiking. The Jadavian Clowney Gronk spike. I think it would be my favorite one of the week. Number one for week three. Yeah. Now, does it beat Kareem Hunt sleeping on the football? No, it does not. And for a second week in a row, Kareem Defending Hunt champ. sleeping on the football is number two. I should have asked your, your dad this. John Mara is, quote, very unhappy with Odell's pee celebration. Quote, we'll deal with it internally. Yeah. What do you think the punishment will be? Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be anything serious. They're just going to bring him in to go, again, this is why we've pumped the brakes on giving you a long-term contract because you're being better, you're maturing, but there's still little instances of this that we don't like. And then, of course, he wasn't really accountable to it right away after the game. He said, I've got to do something to energize the team, which you know I love Odell. That was a horrible wrong take. First of all, nobody on the sidelines is really seeing him pee. That's what people got to realize. Like, not everybody's like, oh, he scored a touchdown. Wait, let me get off the bench and see what he's going to do celebrating. Oh, I'm charged up now. <laughs> no, they were charged up as soon as he's caught the touchdown. Right. And you know what the peeing also did? It erased 
this the greatest catch of the year to this point, too, because nobody's talking about his second touchdown. What's incredible is also erase those two really bad fourth down decisions by Ben McAdoo. All we're talking about is a peeing. Everybody You're right. is Scott Clear. Uh, according to the Bleach Report app, this just came out, yeah. Odell isn't done after a controversial peace celebration. Quote, going forward, I have a lot of better ones. Okay, Great. good. He can do that fine. I just don't, I don't, I'm like I've said from the start, don't want to see anything with your crotch. Okay? You're Sorry. not a big crotch fan. No, no. twerking. So, you don't like the twerks. I don't like anybody's twigs and berries being shoved in my face. Sorry. By the way, man, the BR app is killing it. Starting O-lineman David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga, doubtful for Thursday. Uh-oh. And if you're doubtful, it's like a The 90- menchmen and the henchmen are coming to town. That's, that's not the official title. <laughs> oh. Please tweet us. The law firm of the mensch and the hench. I thought we agreed on the deli. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and now it is time for the MVP big board. Are you ready, Sims? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. In week it's one, easy. in week one, Aaron Rodgers was leading the MVP. In week two, Derek Carr overtook it. Who is number three for your MVP in week up to? It's the whole season. The whole up until season week three. together right now. Number three. Number three is Kareem Hunt. He's Kareem Hunt is back into the top three. He was number three in week two. Yes, he is back to number three. Number two. Number two. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was number one in week one, fell off in week two, but he is back into the top three yes, he at is. number two after single-handedly willing back the Bengals. Billing the Packers against the Bengals. And number one. You know number one, right? You know number one? No. I mean, he he's, he stays, he likes beans, not beef. He's our kind of guy, too. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady makes his first appearance on the MVP chart. He's number one right now, for he sure. He's number one after a five-touchdown performance. And the four touchdowns the week before that. Yes. Uh, he's been on point. Um, his clutchness is just amazing. It's It truly is. Uh, again, this is another conversation we were going to get into with my father a little bit. I mean... Gosh, the Texans had no business being in that game. And then they got to the point where they should have won the game and closed the door on New England. And then they didn't. And you give guys like Brady's and Brady and Rodgers and yeah. Stafford, those three guys, if you don't stomp on their throat when you got them down, they're going to come back and get you. Um, by the way, I went back and looked, and I wrote it all down. Our division winners picks and our MVPs and stuff. Yeah, My MVP and my rookie of the year are looking amazing. You my were, MVP, I picked Brady. Right. My rookie of the year, I picked, picked Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Hunt. Right. And you went Russell Wilson oh and gosh. Christian McCaffrey. Whoa. Yeah. That's Whoa. not going to happen. Big offseason. <laughs> Big offseason. <laughs> Let's do some Sims Films takeaway. He goes through, watches all of the games, writes it down in perfect cursive, and then I go through, try Ow. to read it, and then pick the big takeaway that I have. First off. He's been hitting me this whole episode. Awesome. Okay. First off. Cutler was jumpy, didn't throw the ball well. Oh, my gosh. Did not throw the ball at all. Uh, What happens to a lot of old quarterbacks, and I think this is, again, goes back to Brady because Brady got hit a lot in the game and he did not – he just said, fuck it, I'm going to keep looking downfield and they're going to have to hit me. But Cutler, who's just getting back in the swing of things, they were getting beat up physically up front. He had people in his face early and it affected him the rest of the game because then he had a few times where he had clean pockets and he was given a quick look. He got extremely jumpy looking at who was coming and it was like, oh, no one's there. And then, of course, you try to look up field and make a quick decision. It can mess up your mechanics throwing the football and everything like that. Yes, he did not play a good game. Uh, he was, phys- yeah, he physically did not play a good game. I think that was what was concerning to me. I, I, he had some balls where I was like, 
like I had to rewind it and go, like, damn, that ball didn't really move through the air like I've this seen is Jay a long-term Cutler. Term concern for you? Uh, I, I will. It's something I'm definitely going to have my eye on for next week. Uh, triple star. This is a triple star here. I know I didn't give as many triple stars and lines this week, did I? Probably. Vikings offensive diversity is the big story. No Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah. I think that's when I was just watching the game. I was going like, you know, why? What? Is, what has really changed about this offense? And I know we've talked about the offensive line, right? And then I just went, you know, the other thing that nobody's talking about. I mean, they've based their offense around one guy for the last eight years, and it's kind of hurt their offense in a lot of ways because it was always. He's like, man, we got to feed AP. We got to feed AP. Forget getting our receivers involved in the game. And now I think with the O line, the fact that there's really not one guy they're trying to feature. I mean, Cook is probably the one guy, but they're not going out of their way. Feeling and digs. And yeah. right, they they got to kind of they got it all. They Jarius Wright look, you know, gets a few catches here and there. Um, and then I got to give credit to a guy who I wasn't sure can do it, and that's Pat Shermer. I mean, because he kind of always has fallen into that basic West Coast bullcrap offense, like a Green Bay, the Giants, or the Seattle Seahawks. Um, But what they've done now is they make you defend the whole field. He does it all. I mean, it's it's speed reverses, it's screen, it's inside run, it's outside run, and the play-action pass and intermediate pass is all great. Uh, You're very impressed with Washington. Yeah. But you wrote down Chris Thompson might be the best catching back in the NFL. Yeah, Chris Thompson. First of all, Washington has gotten better every week. That's the one thing I think that jumps out to me, where I just go, man... Uh, they're they're kind of hitting their strides. The things I have questions about the week before, the next week I come back. It's kind of it's kind of corrected. Chris Thompson. I mean, as much as we rave about your man Kareem Hunt, he had five more total yards than Kareem Hunt last week. But nobody talks about that. So uh, he is amazing out of the backfield. He's made that n- another weapon to worry about. I mean, gosh fucking through a screen and he runs for 65 yards and uh, they throw a ball into the flat and yeah the Raiders busted the coverage but he turns it up and gets into the end zone and then has a few nice runs in the middle there uh, yeah he's electric man they, they need, again he is one where I'd say they need to get him a few more touches uh, you were very impressed with uh, Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eagles wide receivers, you said, never got open. No. But you wrote, the bar is so low for Eli Manning, it's comical. Yeah, it is. I just think um, we're, we're literally to the point of Eli Manning's career where we just go, oh, he wasn't horrible. I mean, he didn't lose the game for us. I mean, that's really what it is. So you're Eli. talking about fan expectations Everything, and how we evaluate the, yeah, Eli. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, Eli's just not held to the standard of the other guys that are being paid in the same class as him for some reason. And, I, and of course, I guess some of that is the, the, the two Super Bowls. And I guess... I don't really don't know what the rest of it. Maybe Gabe could tell you better. I, I just to me, he gets somewhat of a free pass at times for the guys that are paid in his class. That's where what I'm saying. I mean, again, he just he never makes a playoff schedule. Ever. He he's one of the worst movers in the pocket in football. Talk about someone that watches the rush. Yes, he does that a ton. Um, and yeah, so I just I came away and go. I mean, yeah, it's just funny. And he had a solid day. Don't get me wrong, but it was. It was, uh, what do I want to say, chalk. I mean, it was just, oh, slant's open, I'm going to throw the slant. Oh, it's not open, then we're going to get a sack or I'm going to throw it away. In the Chicago-Pittsburgh game, Ryan Shazier popped again, but the big note that I took away was Bears' O-line is beyond impressive, tremendous athleticism allowed to block all the crazy blitzes, which you talked about earlier. Yeah, it really was the thing that jumped out to me about the game because what can happen when you play with the Pittsburgh Steelers is all their movements, their stunts, their creative blitzes, it just creates, creates chaos for the offensive line. They're just like, oh, 
Oh, which way did he go? Which way did he go? Mm. And they have a rare combination, especially when Grosu is on there as the center. They hit a little dead spot for a little bit when they had to put Cody Whitehair at center. But when they have Long and Whitehair at guard with uh, Grosu at center, and then you got Massey and the guy Leno at left tackle, man, that is an impressive group that can do just about any run-blocking scheme. And they were, they were amazing in the game. Speaking of offensive line, you wrote, Seattle's offense sucks. So simple and O-line still finds way to fuck it up. Where is the game plan? To this, uh, we have two iTunes comments, one from Lance from Italy. Best NFL podcast, how many games does the O-line need to lose for the Hawks before Tom Cable and or Daryl Bevel are fired? It's that bad. It's horrible. I mean, it's it's beyond horrible. I don't even know really what to say. I mean, I guess the thing, the big thing is, is, yeah, to me, I just want to go, you have two running plays. So I don't care what defense they run, you should be able to go, oh, we know how to block this against this defense because we only run two plays on our side. And that's the point of being simple, right? To go, oh, well, we're simple, but we do this really good, and we're all on the same page no matter what the defense does. And that's not the case. I don't know how long it's going to take. We've been telling everybody yeah. out there that they stink since 2015, but nobody wants to hear it. And You were very high on them preseason, though, correct? I was. There's no doubt. Super I thought, team. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting there. I mean, that's why I picked Russell Wilson MVP, too. Yeah. Um, but no, there's nothing. There's no game plan. And again, don't be fooled by the stats. The stats, I mean, Russell threw for 180 yards in the fourth quarter. The game, I mean, Tennessee was in prevent mode. They were up 30 mm-hmm. to 14. They were just going, we're just not going to let you score quick. Go ahead, drive it down, and then we'll run the ball. Yeah. You can drive it down again. So it's all misleading. And Jay May Rock, you on iTunes, also thought the officiating was out of control in the Seahawks game and that he felt like it was unfair almost for his Seattle team. It, it was. Seattle gets a little bit of the Odell Beckham treatment. Like if they do anything, the referees are all over them because they're like, well, I've seen him on TV and he's bad. So I, if anything happens with him in it, we're going to throw the flag on him. Mm. I mean, we talked about it a little on Monday, like Monday, the Richard Sherman thing, the pass interference call. Yeah, that was, he was there and Decker Oh ran my gosh, him. it was the most fucking amazing coverage of the week. I mean, he was all over it. He read the shallow crosser and I'm sure through his scouting, he goes, man, when they run a shallow crosser and there's only one receiver on the backside, he's going to run the in cut and he ran to the in cut and Decker broke in and Richard Sherman was there and they called pass interference on Richard Sherman. Uh, so yeah, they were a benefit. There was another call too that I wanted to say uh, that was really I'm trying to look through my notes right now but I don't know but that was a bad one. You also wrote in terms of defenders that Jerry Hughes is still an awesome pass rusher for Buffalo. He is. He's really the only guy that stands out to me on that front four. Like, Marcel Darius didn't play this week, right? Kyle, it's unreal they beat Denver without Marcel Darius or Cordy Glenn. Yeah, it, it is It is unreal. Um, and I can get into that game if you want, because I did watch it this morning if you want to get all over it. But re- regardless, Jerry Hughes, you know, Shaq Lawson, Solid. Uh, your man Cedric Thornton that used to play yes. in the Eagles. Solid. They got a lot of solid. They don't have any difference makers. And Jerry Hughes is the one guy when you turn on the film, you go, ooh, man, who is that fast fucker running around the edge? Mm. I mean, he's he's got legit pass rush ability. Jerry Hughes got himself into a little bit of a discussion out there up in Buffalo. Oh, right. Jim Kelly uh, wants the Bills to stand for the... Uh, the national anthem and the flag uh, said he lost a lot of respect for Michelle McCoy. I will never do that. I will always stand. Cherry Hughes said, look, we are the 2017 Buffalo Bills. If you want to come and talk to us, we can use the encouragement. Help us. You're dividing us, the team that doesn't work. Why is he on the sidelines? 
it almost to me has the old Miami college football vibe where it's current players living up to the expectations of former players. Mm-hmm. And I've always found it weird. This is an out of left go field. I've always found it weird when former players, we see this with Eric Dickerson, criticize current players and put more pressure on the team because they want to be around the team. Right. I don't think it's always great when the former players are there. And to me, it's like when you're in college and the alumni comes back, right. you had your time. Well, this is what happens at the low-level NFL teams, right? Think about it. You just said Dick Dickerson. Oh, the Rams. LaDainian Tomlinson. The Chargers, right? These ones that are going, man, they were the, kind of the face of our franchise, and they're so notifiable next to our logo. We keep them around because it builds the tradition a little bit. Right. So they asked Jim Kelly to be there, I'm sure, a lot I'm of the sure. time, right? And, of course, he lives up in Buffalo, and he breeds Buffalo. I mean, breathes, breathes I want to say, uh, Buffalo Bills football. Yeah. And, and um, But my, I do have an issue with it. I really don't – like, I don't want this taken the wrong way because Jim Kelly is awesome. Yes. I love him. But I'm going to say this because I've said this to everybody all week. You can't sit here – and blame the players right now unless when it was Charlottesville weekend, you sat there and blamed the president. I don't want to hear it. Like Matt Light's doing the same thing up in New England. What's he doing? I'm just I'm never been so disrespected by the Patriots. I've never been ashamed. Were you ashamed to be an American when our president said the people holding Nazi flags and the Confederate flag uh, didn't say anything? I mean, they just they they basically brought a flag against a country we had a war with that said we would like to dis- discriminate, I mean, ex- just ex- extinguish, extinguish races, right? And then there's the Confederate flag, which again is anti-government. Abe Lincoln was the Republican, I mean, all I hear is the greatest Republican president ever. He, this was the Confederacy being anti-government and... Uh, there's those people carrying around these flags and yelling, I hate Jews and I hate the N-word, and we have all the evidence of the world, and he calls black people who are kneeling on the sidelines peacefully sons of bitches, but says there's a lot of good people on the other side. And I have a lot of issue with that, and until you come out and really condemn that part of the story hard— don't come and condemn the players. I don't want to hear it. You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth there. The ultimate leader in our world and our country is the president right now. He doesn't just get a free pass because he's the president. Sorry. All right, I'm done. Good. All right, let's do some more. Adelafco Fields. Oh, he's got his hat. And I got There's the hat. hat. There's the hat. Uh, first one, uh, Dat Win owns and runs a Chick-fil-A. Adelafco Field. All NFL players should buy five chain restaurants and set themselves up for the rest of your life. Is that right? Pretty, I mean, it's a good idea. You're Go right. Go buy some McDonald's. Like, fast food ain't going nowhere. Go yeah. buy Panthers, some get some Bojangles, yes. Chipotle. And then you're set for life. Right. Don't, don't invest in an app, okay? Yeah. Invest in a chain restaurant. That's a good dude. That's good for him. Uh... To go off of that, you shouldn't eat at chain restaurants. This one was sent to me by TyChap95. It's an article in the CBC. Sports drinks and energy drinks are unhealthy for kids and teens, says Canadians pediatricians. Sports drinks are high in sugar, contributes to obesity epidemic. Right. The vast majority of children should hydrate with water, says Dr. Catherine Pound. Yep. Kids are seeing their heroes, these wonderful athletes, and they want to be like them. Sidney Crosby actually needs these drinks. Your average child doesn't. You literally said that 
two months ago. Yes, it's 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 a uh, and don't eat Gatorade, kids. No, Just drink you your don't. Water. And if you want to drink Gatorade, fine, drink it. Uh, drink something else that's healthier. First of all, again, Gatorade. If you really look at it, some of their colors has some of their drinks have flame retardant in it. Okay, they're not healthy. Sorry. So but that also means your stomach won't get heartburn, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, but but yeah, that's. Uh, it, it's good good for that doctor to come out and say that. I mean, sugar drinks, if you want to drink a sugar drink while you're competing and you're sweating a lot in a hot day. Like amino acid there's, or there's There's fine. I can, I can understand that. But, but you don't need a whole drink of it. I see kids all around in my hometown in Old Greenwich, wherever I may be. It's Kids want to drink Gatorades. Kids want to drink around Cokes and ginger yeah. ales, and, and it's crap. You can't what? do it. What do you got for me, Josh? I was just going to say, there was an article written several years ago that Gatorade had pulled the ingredient uh, linked to flame retardants okay. from their drinks. So okay, that's good. Just like to do a little self-scouting. Yeah, good. Just good still job. A, still a self-scouting, self-scouting. All right, last one. You're good. Uh, it, apparently, Justin Timberlake is finalizing to be the halftime performer at the Super Bowl. If you'll remember, back in 2004, he was practically banned for... A a what was it wardrobe a, malfunction a wardrobe malfunction for Janet Jackson's that was the Texans that was the one at the was that Carolina New England it was two thousand four so it in Carolina New England right uh, it, this is happening in the same there. month that Janet Jackson ended her five year marriage and came out and said she felt like a prisoner at a Lefko Field. Janet Jackson should be allowed on stage. Janet Jackson didn't do anything wrong with her breasts coming out. It was Timberlake who pulled the breast out. If Timberlake's coming on stage, I want Janet Jackson on stage too. Bring her up there, Timberlake, you breast exposer. Wow, I'm shocked actually that they're letting it. Right? I mean, if I Janet, if Timberlake's out there, Janet Jackson needs this right now. Because the NFL was she so like mad that he did that. It was that Super Bowl. I, I was at the Super Bowl. It happened for some reason. I feel like I was in Tampa for that Super Bowl. But. Uh, Houston, Texas, okay. February first, two thousand four. Yeah. Yep, that was a good Janet one. Jackson should come on stage, and he should put a shirt on her. Man, so they're gonna that go, hat makes you look like a ranting. Lunatic. They're gonna go to Timberlake on this one. Ah, Isn't yes. there anybody else new that we could use? I mean, he's already been there, done there. Try to get Jay Z, Migos. Ugh. They don't have enough songs. You need to have a lot of songs. There's somebody else there. Migos going to go on the slippery. They're like, what else you got? Like, Taylor Nothing. Swift wasn't available? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't want Taylor Swift. <laughs> enough. All right. So now it is time to get to some fan swagalicious. Right. Fendrick put it out there. Hey, if you put out five Twitter mentions to your friends to listen to Sims and Lefko, we will throw your name in the hat. It's going to be in the Out of Lefko Field hat. And Fendrick is going to send you a swag bag. Here are the people whose names are entered. I want to give a big old thank you to them. Josh Galindo, Sean Dooley, Howie Gresham, J.C. Patterson, Jack Farr, Ice Clown, JD, haha, yo, wait, what? Noah Carey, <laughs> Kenneth Green, Mark Bajan, Rush Donna Wade, and Logan Nietzsche. I almost didn't put Logan Nietzsche in there because he put Donald Trump and Des Bryant as two of his friends. But you know what? If Donald Trump listens to the podcast, I'm down. He, needs he won't to hear be listening for say. much longer. <laughs> I have the, the, the names in the hat. Sims, reach in there and pick one out. Don't look. Oh, I got one. I think I got one. All right, like stop pick- shaking it. I already got it. Just let me fuck fucking do it. And the winner is Oh, an old staple. Oh, they're going to think it's rigged. An old staple. Who is it? Good old Mark Bajan. Uh, well deserved. And we have video evidence. You did not even look. Nope, I did not look. It just my fingers went to the old faithful. Wow. 
Uh, You're going to have to gif that and put it out so people don't think it was rigged. All right, so if you entered, you can enter again next week. Here's how it goes. Josh is going to be sending Mark Mark Bajan a swag pack. Congratulations, Mark. We'll DM you for your information. But if you tweet out our podcast and say, hey, check out Sims and Lefko to five of your friends on Twitter, we will enter you for the next running. So everyone that entered, you are officially re-enter you have to but you have to tweet it again five new people Fendrick you can handle that I can handle that and uh, keep keep tweeting the podcast to Trump if he wants to listen yeah yeah we're all sure we're trying to educate him we, he needs to learn it, hey there was also a hurricane in Puerto Rico I don't think he knows about it yet you're probably right KJ Latchelt hit us up and said where would prime sim see himself versus modern quarterbacks top 15 top 25 and Phil which, or Chris you <laughs> Chris and which two quarterbacks would you be between oh gosh all right let me pull up the list pull uh, the first, teams. first of all uh, would I would be top 15 top 20 prime Sims. All right, just if I had to give myself self-scout, all right, I was a better athlete than people realize. Actually, the number one thing said to me on all three teams I was in. I would get there and they go, man, you move better than I thought. And um, and of course, I could really throw it. Um, gosh, I hate doing this. I don't know. Prime Sims. Prime Sims had big talent. Were you better than Andy Dalton? Yes. Yes. Okay. But I mean, I mean, what's that mean? So what? It doesn't matter. I didn't get to prove it. Were so you better no. than Matt Stafford? No. I'm not going to okay. say that, but I had. Would you, were you, I, are I think you better my than dad, Marcus Mariota right now. Uh, in prime Sims, well, not running, but throwing. Yes, yes, prime Sims. I could do things with the Kirk ball. Cousins. Uh, yes, I could do things throwing the ball that he couldn't do. Which quarterback in the NFL right now is the closest PPC to what you were in your prime? Oh gosh! Remember, at the combine, Marcus Mariota was the one that was put up on a screen. Me and Aaron Rodgers, right? <laughs> which was funny, <laughs> which I loved. Yeah, they put up Marcus Mariota with Chris Sims and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you're saying the one that I would be closest yeah, who's, to? Who's yeah. the closest comparison to you? Gosh. Um, all right. Hold on. I'm giving a good look here. Honestly, I'm like a – I would say I'm a – I was probably a – You could be a cross. Yeah, like a poor man's version of a Carson Wentz almost, I feel like. Wow. That's the guy that reminds me of me at times. If I feel like if I would have got to just play a little more and got that to the point – where I could just go, man, the team's mine. Now yeah. I can really let it go, right? That's what I'm always jealous of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, right? When you win a Super Bowl early in your career, man, if you throw a three interception game, everybody's like, hmm, doesn't matter. He He's won a Super, Super Bowl. Right, it takes the pressure off you and it allows Russell Wilson's and the Tom Brady's at a young age to go, I can kind of take a chance every now and then because I got that Super Bowl in the bank. All right, so I want to do one quick Falcons fan uh, email that we got, Twitter email. We've, we've had a Falcons fan that's been kind of coming at us hard for the last few weeks. The Falcons we fans have been very angry on Twitter. Yeah, very. But because of that, uh, we had a message sent to us, and I was very, very much appreciative. If you could find the guy's name who sent it to us, okay. Fendrick. Yep, um, I'm on it. Uh, do you have the message? I do have the message. Okay. Um, he wrote to us and said, I'm so proud of you guys. The game we love is still a game, a 60 minute escape. However, discrimination and equality occurs 24 seven. I would like to see this is no longer referred to as politics. This is life or death. This is a plea for help. He continues to say later on, I have broken down in tears multiple times because it feels like America has turned its back against us. I am an Iraq and Afghanistan vet. I have served my country. I have lost friends. I have tangled with bullets, rockets, mortars, and IEDs. And I want to say this loud and clear. I am equally proud of these players 
fighters as I am of our troops. They are both fighting for our country and our Constitution. I encourage those who take exception to players taking a need to focus on why there is protest and not how the protest is being done. Again, I'm so proud of you guys. You all deserve every accolade, and I have the utmost respect for your courage or even make this a t- talking point. Keep fighting the good fight. Best damn podcast, period. Rise up. 45 problems at what you chatting about. Appreciate it. That was awesome. So that made me feel and really it, good. It makes me feel really good, first of all, that a guy that's come at us, right? Yes. And we, I think, have been somewhat respectful back in our responses to hopefully f- hear our side of why we haven't been totally on the Atlanta Falcons bandwagon. But again, it's just good to hear a guy that can... Give us criticism. We're not yes. going to abandon ship on you, and you can we can you can take it back a little too. So we actually got a four star comment this week, and I usually don't write read, read them, but it says "used to love you guys, never Panera again." And he says, "I really do enjoy the dynamic." However, lately it seems like you guys are spending more of your time talking about topics like mainstream media, like politics, and all this stuff. Maybe I should switch pol- uh, podcasts. Um, I'm not ignorant of social and political issues. I just hear enough everywhere else i come to you for true in-depth football analysis i i want you guys to understand that it's the number one topic in football right now but also we've been waiting until later in the podcast and on monday we explicitly said we were going to talk about it so that we can give you football talk and then if you didn't want this stuff because i understand it's everywhere right now that you could prepare it and you could hit that 15 second skip until we're done it i just want you to know that there's a burden when you have a microphone in front of your face where when something happens and you see people either you disagree with or you think that are not being talked about the right way, you want to speak for what is right. And when I get comments like that from a veteran who thinks that he, he wasn't expecting it out of us and we did exactly what he wanted, that to me means... Yeah, we get more of those than the other ones. Yeah, so. we don't get a lot of people telling us not to speak up. I am I apologize that it's not what you expect out of us, that you want your football X's and O's. I also know, though, you're getting 85% of football X's and O's, and when it's time to talk about it, we are going to talk about it. And again, I just would say, I don't mean to stop, but if you want to interject on us, then please tweet the president and please tell him to stop talking about football, okay? Because the rules are the rules. It's, we're not allowed to talk. I mean, every football game right now is starting with it. We need to comment on it because if not, then we're being ignorant and we're not talking about the biggest topic in the NFL right, right now. All can right, I, can I say one more thing? This is, I'd like to actually start this. This is what I want to do for our podcast because I was thinking about this. What do the players do from here? Right, the players got to stop kneeling for the national anthem because it is becoming divisive in itself. Right. Well, now it's like the arm lock. So and the fans are. Can we arm have lock. people? tweeted us like what's the right way to do it like what is the right way let's figure out a way to maybe push forward into the national mainstream and go this is what players should do should we let should the NFL let every team that has a home game during the week that you get a 30 second commercial where Odell Beckham Jr. or some whoever it is in New York or you go to Philadelphia and they get to do a 30 second commercial and tell you about the social issues that are bothering NFL players or what's going on in the world does it become the Browns way with the big board thing before the game where they get to say like to me that's where we have to go with this because we are the players podcast yes and i don't want people to hate the players i don't so we have to find a way for them to further this conversation without hurting themselves uh so we can expand on it 
I love it. All right, All tweet right. us at tweet us, and then also leave a five star review on iTunes. Let's get back to that because I a thousand percent read all of those, and we will make sure to see what are some solutions for the players to get their messages out. Let's get to some fun stuff. First one ever, best thing to ever happen to sports talk. The one L.J. Smith. If you're not listening, you're a brain dead shell who is going to quote lose all your fancy foosball friends. Ow. I don't <laughs> like know what that means. The L.J. Smith. I mean, it's not the old tight end for the uh, Eagles. Yeah, I don't think that's I true. used to work out with him. You the mean Rutgers, Rutgers Scarlet Knights, baby! <laughs> oh, this one's from LJ. Spencer123. Is it just me, or does producer Josh totally look like the nerd from the movie The Internship? Oh, Oh, the nerd from the movie and The Internship. I have a picture, but I know that Fendrick's going to pull it up. I, I usually get McLovin. This guy. Let me see. Yeah, uh, a I little mean, bit. A little. Dark he's got, he's got your frames, and he does kind of look like a nerd. Yeah, yeah, I get McLovin more more often. I think it's uh, for all you out there. Just Google Ali Haji Sheik, and that'll be however you're gonna Giants kicker Ali, Ali Haji, Haji Sheik. Sheik. That's who his twin is, right there. You guys are the best, Kareem. Hey, hey, Carl Muffin the seventh. Uh, hey, team. I have to say your discussion. What the NFL really is is unmatched. Love what you do with the players' perspective. How did you leave Jordy Nelson out of the white boy supreme conversation? He's right. How did we leave him out of there? He's one of the original White Boy Supreme. Is he the ultimate White Boy Supreme? I mean, Supreme? he's up in that conversation. We he's are, not shifty. He's but not. He is, he, yeah. It, I know it's an annoying thing to say about white wide receivers, but Jordy is deceptively fast. No, he's legitimately fast. You're exactly right. Because when it, he, even, he, he has such playing. a smooth running motion that he doesn't look fast. Yes. I know it's bad to call white receivers deceptively fast. He is fast. Yeah, he is fast. He just is such a smooth runner. I've watched him burn Aqib Tlaib in college. No, I, I think it's really fair because he was drafted, even when he was drafted, I mean, <laughs> I was in the NFL He's gritty. early in my career. I was coaching with the Patriots, and, and I, people would always say that around the NFL, like, oh, he's not fast enough. And what happened is basically people started covering him man-to-man. It was always funny to me to see the top corner on the other team cover him man-to-man, and they thought they could be aggressive with him, and then he would run by them, and then they were like, oh, shit, like he can really run. I got to back off a little bit. I always kind of enjoyed that, especially in his prime. He can't run like that anymore. That conversation was a microcosm for Article 3, Section 1, I believe, which is that Adam always cuts Sims off. I'm going to play that exchange back next week when we read the Constitution. It was perfect. Was it really? It was It was good. Yeah, it was good. All uh, right. Next question. Damn it. <laughs> uh, the Thompson Football Podcast Entertainment. This is from Rad's Rough. If you're somebody who's open-minded and isn't afraid of hearing opinions that are much likely different than your own, this is a great podcast. Whoop, Sims whoop. gives you an in-depth, behind-the-scenes feel because he used to be an NFL quarterback and could teach you something new. Nice. Sims. Lefko Thanks, comes man. off as that uncle you have that's extremely into the current youth culture and shows up to the family barbecue saying, it's lit, as you cringe. <laughs> so dope. <laughs> but it's not a bad thing, as you love him anyway, and he's always a good time. Lefko is vital in the show and is a bridge for the more casual fan to maybe not be overwhelmed. He's personal, charismatic, and pairs up amazingly with Sims. Josh is just kind of the cherry on top, and he adds that little bit of extra depth to the commentary. Aww. I think Josh represents the people in the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if, cute little Josh. All right, all right. Cute if only he could stop ditching it for meetings. I'm sorry. Yeah, Overall, that's right. great podcast, amazing football insight, no bullshit. You have every reason to give it a shot. Woo. Great review. Man, if you check out Josh with his two buttons unbuttoned up top. And that is it, everybody. Johnny Chester. That has been the long edition, the old Thursday edition of the Wasn't even that long. Podcast. No, we did it under an hour and a half. I've been really keeping it tight. Yeah. And that music right means on cue. it's almost time. You know what? Let me do this really quick. Thursday night. Uh, before we're not going to do the, the gambling. That'll be on a Friday show, unfortunately. 
Chicago Green Bay, would you be willing to pick a winner? Oh, I'm going to pick Green Bay only because of Aaron Rodgers, but that game is going to be close. I don't know. What's the spread? Do you want to know? I mean, I'm going to guess Green Bay's favored by six. If it's less than that, you'll go Green Bay. If it's more than that, you'll go Bears. Man, if it's even at six, I think that's a lot. Like, I, I don't think that they're going to sit the there. The Packers have beaten the Bears 13 straight times. Packers minus 7.5. Ooh, man. yeah, That's, I, a, that's a Bears pick. I would go with Bears. The, the thing that's scary there, this game will be close, but what's always scary in this kind of game is the Bears can stay close. The Packers can be up by three. And, and then, then Aaron one makes touchdown. one amazing play with three minutes Missing left and you tackles. lose by 10. All right, so you're right. going to go Packers win, but Bears cover. Yeah, I'm going to say like 20 to 17 time. I'm going to use that for my picks tomorrow. <laughs> of course you are. Mm. For Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man, and we will holler at you guys. Pick show coming up. Love y'all. Talk to you soon.